They broke the glass in the United States Capitol, and now they are climbing through. I'm not sure exactly what the police's plan is, but the, the crowds were so thick. I do know when the insurrection happened at the Capitol that so many people were emailing me going, oh my God, this is like straight out of, you know, the show. That's our special guest, David Guggenheim. In 2016, he created the TV series Designated Survivor, starring Kiefer Sutherland as the low-ranking independent cabinet member, Tom Kirkman, who becomes president after a horrific attack on the nation's capital. We can't ever possibly get a note that says you can't, this could never happen when clearly that phrase doesn't really exist anymore. Literally anything seems like it could happen. In this, the second part of our series in Hollywood Presidents, we'll speak with David Guggenheim about the challenges of selecting an independent POTUS when every issue is fraught with partisanship from both sides. This is The Purple Principle, a podcast about the perils of political and cultural polarization. I'm Robert Pease. And I'm Emily Corsetti. We'll be speaking with David about two interesting cast members as well. First, of course, Kiefer Sutherland, of Canadian and British background, who was fully on board with the idea of an independent American president. Let us come together, restoring civility to our debates, transparency to our governance. And also the comedian and actor Cal Penn. In real life politics, he was a member of the Obama administration before playing President Kirkman's press secretary. That is, until he loses his cool with the White House press corps. This story is 100% trash. Whatever happened to standards? What happened to ethical practices? This isn't journalism! First though, let's hear from David Guggenheim on the premise behind Designated Survivor, featuring Kiefer Sutherland as indie president Tom Kirkman. I, Thomas Adam Kirkman, do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. That I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. The show is about a low-level cabinet member who, during the State of the Union, is asked to be the designated survivor, which means they sit out the speech at an undisclosed location so that if, God forbid, there's an attack on the Capitol, one person is around to continue the line succession. And what happens in our pilot is exactly that. There's a bombing at the Capitol, the entire Capitol blows up, and the designated survivor, who is Kiefer Sutherland, is the last person in our government who survives. So this person goes from someone who was literally fired that morning to becoming the most powerful person on the earth in the span of a couple of hours. Which is such a great premise. And we don't need to tell you that countries become increasingly polarized over the last several decades. How does that make things more difficult for creators in Hollywood? Well, for the most part, Hollywood is always going to go for the broadest audience. I mean, Hollywood traditionally will always lean left. It's just it's the way it is. It's just the reality of it. But I never get a sense, especially you know, with the show, we never got a sense that they wanted us to lean left or lean right. They wanted us to not alienate any audience. 
But the majority of your colleagues in Hollywood are likely left-leaning. So did any of them ask, why an independent president? Can't we just do West Wing again? No, the opposite. I think everyone was really excited uh, at the network side about having an independent lead, specifically for a lot of reasons. One, you hadn't seen that. Usually it is. It's usually you know a Bartlett. And our whole thing going into the show, like my point of view about it was, let's be like the anti-West Wing whenever possible. You know, Bartlett was a governor. He was a politician. You know, he was a brilliant politician. But the idea is this is supposed to be an every person. This is supposed to be, you know, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. So it was really important. And I think, you know, Kiefer was very adamant, too, that we keep it an independent because that way we can do both sides of an issue. And the idea is this character is going to come in and heal a country that was in chaos. And what better healer than someone who's coming in as an independent as opposed to, you know, adhering to one party over the other. So you mentioned that Kiefer was the one who pushed or was enthusiastic about being playing an independent. I know he's Canadian and has a British background. Do you think that played into his perspective of playing an independent in U.S. politics, which is very much one side or the other? I don't think a lot of people know. You know, his grandfather is like Canadian political royalty. His grandfather was one of the, if not the architect behind, was one of the architects behind, you know, the healthcare system in Canada. I mean, he has a wealth of knowledge about history and politics. And I think being an outsider, I think definitely may have influenced him saying, okay, I think it's smarter to approach this show as a character who's an independent, therefore can reach across both aisles. But it's also really unusual and interesting. You had an actor, Cal Penn, who had served in the White House before. How important was he as an advisor on the show, even though he was also obviously in the acting role? I think the only problem is we definitely didn't use him close to enough as we should have. But I was always advocating that we use Cal more in terms of you know his knowledge. I mean, he has so much, he's such a smart person and he has so much experience for us to draw upon. Thanks to him, you know, he arranged for all the writers to visit the White House which was, you know, this unbelievable experience for us, not only was like exciting and just like fanboy as for us to be inside, you know, the Oval Office and inside the White House, but we picked up so many cool little details we've never seen other shows take advantage of. And not necessarily political things, like just like the ins and outs of the White House and little details such as, you know, locking your cell phone in a little locker before you enter certain rooms. And was there... Anyone more on the outside serving as an advisor with a lot of background in congressional politics, presidential politics, just saying, well, actually, that's not how it works, or I'm not sure factually you can get away with this or that? We also had Rich Klein, who was on our show. He's worked in Washington you know, for decades now. He was a speechwriter. He has a lot of contacts for us to also reach out to. So whenever we got into an issue or a character or some sort of situation, for example, for the gun issue, I remember the writer of that episode specifically going to two different organizations, one being a pro-gun and one being an anti-gun lobby, to find out as many as both sides of the issues as possible. Well, how about your own interest in politics? Does that would you say predate the show or did the show kind of pique your interest into becoming more educated, more aware of political 
issues, vocabulary, trends, and things? Certainly, I mean, I came in and like a layperson, and and I felt that, that was really beneficial for the show because that was sort of the idea was this outsider coming in, who wasn't a part of the system, wasn't a politician, so. It was very organic for me to write a character like that because I was coming in that with that same point of view. Kiefer's character grows into the job and learns more. I was doing the same behind the scenes, and thankfully, you know, we had incredible advisors and access to like the White House and other you know resources that were I had never dreamt that I could learn from. And David, you're also from an unusually accomplished family of writers. What is the probability of three brothers from Long Island all ending up screenwriters in Hollywood? Definitely three in one house is probably low. What was weird is that we all, I think, entered the business in a different way. I was, I think, the only one who came in straight saying, I don't want to be a director. I want to be a writer for film or television, first and foremost. So, you know, my parents aren't in the industry at all. So... It's a little, it's definitely strange, but what's cool is that we all sort of do our own thing. We all have our different interests and, you know, we usually don't even overlap in terms of the type of stuff we write. That's our special guest today, David Guggenheim, creator and head writer of the show Designated Survivor, featuring Kiefer Sutherland as the independent president, Tom Kirkman. And yes, one of three brothers who are Hollywood writers, along with Mark Guggenheim, a writer-producer of adventure films, including The Green Lantern, and Eric Guggenheim, a writer-producer of several well-known TV series, including Magnum P.I. and Parenthood. But it was David's designated survivor that showed a mass audience some of the important issues we try to highlight here on The Purple Principle, such as the spoiler effect. That's the problem of plurality voting, exacerbated by our two major parties, making it so hard for independent candidates to reach the state house, let alone the White House. He's going to siphon votes away from us, which will result in Moss winning, which will result in the end of the progressive agenda as we know it. You know what? If you're worried about vote splitting, maybe you guys should be the ones to drop out. The Democratic Party. We should drop out. And how many TV shows make mention of the remarkable and not so long ago third party run by Texas billionaire Ross Perot? At this point, it is a virtual three-way dead heat. I mean, even Ross Perot only pulled 19% in 92. Designated Survivor ran two seasons on ABC with a third on Netflix. And through all three seasons, the show was slowly unraveling the conspiracy behind the Capitol bombing. That tragedy elevated Kirkman to president, but a president with no functioning cabinet, Congress, or Supreme Court and a whole lot of competition to fill that vacuum. We talked to David Guggenheim about his feelings when elements of his own creation tragically came to life during the January 6th Capitol insurrection. And we asked for his thoughts on other shows featuring indie presidents, such as Rod Laurie's Commander-in-Chief, starring Gina Davis, and a very different series, a comedy that managed to avoid the political party issue altogether, simply referring, in one way or another, to the other party. Madam President, my extremist colleagues on the other side of the aisle... I'm not going to name someone from the opposite party to this... I can force the party to make some tweets. I have a useful college friend in the enemy camp... ...committed to reaching across the aisle. The mega-multi-award-winning satire, Veep. Veep wasn't so much about the issue... It wasn't an issue-oriented show. It was more about her and her staff, and it was very character-driven. And her whole thing was that she was flip-flopping on everything. So it didn't really matter really what side of an issue she was on. So, I I mean, 
you won't catch me saying anything bad about that show. I think it's it was you know the most brilliant political satire on television we've had. I think probably ever. Well, we talked to Rod Laurie about his commander in chief, and he mentioned that he wished he had done more with the indiness. If I had to do it again, I would sell that independence even more. I would sell it even more. Do you wish that you had done more to push that, or do you think that you kind of did as much as possible? No, no, for sure. I think that's what helped make it, you know, show even more unique was you had a character who wasn't coming in as like, I'm fighting this one side, this one political party. It was someone who was stuck in the middle. And I think that comes with a lot of challenges as well to explore, especially in the beginning when, you know, when you launch the show, you have a concept, but then through other forces outside your control, Sometimes the your ideas shift or you're not allowed to explore certain things. So you have to sort of adjust accordingly. Makes sense. So going back to like trying to hit the independent thing over the head, it seems like the episode Systems Broken was a good example of that where Kiefer comes out and is very just done with the partisanship and tells the truth to everybody in like a very independent way. If name-calling and petty grievances are what serve for debate in this great chamber, then Congress truly is in a sorry, sorry state. All you want to do is tear things down. It is shameful. The system is broken, and you people broke it. And it sounds like most people were enthusiastic and on board with the independent mm-hmm. president, but did you get any like pushback from investors or distributors or actors once you made that decision of having no. an independent? Because it's... We had to make a choice regardless, right? So it was either going to be a Democrat or Republican or independent. And I think people saw with Democrats that had been done already, it had been done plenty of time that you've seen the Democrat president and you're not going to do it better than West Wing. So therefore you got the Republicans and look, I'm not a Republican. So I didn't know really how to embrace that, that character. So it just seemed like, okay, let's do an independent. And I think once people sort of hear that logic, they get behind it. And they, I think they get excited about the idea of, of a character, again, who could do both sides of the issue so we can get into left-leaning issues and right-leaning issues through one character. And you mentioned that obviously most of the writers are liberal. I think most people in Hollywood are liberals. How do you think that affects the writing and just... Yeah, no, it can. And that's why it's important to have as many points of view as humanly possible in a writer's room, especially. I'm sure the majority were were liberal, but we had we had a centrist and we had a Republican who sat right next to me the whole time. And was so we got to get into like real debates between the two of them to make sure we weren't going you know too far one way and too far the other way. Because that was the fear is that you know you just get a fully democratic, you know, a Democrat writer's room and you're just doing you're trying to do the West Wing through a character who's supposed to be an independent. And that's the easy trap to fall in. Did you get any memorable feedback from like foreign critics or distributors, people outside of America and their thoughts? No, they loved it. My understanding is that the foreign audience is a lot of ways bigger than the American audience. And I think that's a testament to Kiefer, just his star power in general. But also I think maybe there was some wish film and seeing like America in chaos and that's kind of fun. But I know I think they got really invested in what was happening to Kiefer's character and everybody else, as well as just the overall conspiracy. You mentioned that most of the time the presidents are Democrats. And if it's a Republican, it's one of those things where you really have to 
be really thoughtful about your writing. Do you think that it's even possible, though, in Hollywood right now to make a series or a movie where there is a Republican protagonist president who's someone like a McCain or a Romney, someone more moderate and reasonable, but still a Republican? Would that even be possible? 100%. Yeah, I think it would completely happen. I think even if you watch like the West Wing in later seasons when Alan Alda was in the running for the show, I mean, he was a Republican and very well respected by the Democrat side as well on that show. And I would have watched the show with him as president for sure, because I think it it would be fascinating to sort of see see their point of view on, on issues. Well, David, as a creator and a screenwriter, you're obviously trying to find new territory, new ideas, new situations. But as you're watching the Trump administration, did you feel like I can't top this? Well, you know this. I, you know? I remember like definitely sending out emails to people, you know, at studios, going like, "You're not allowed to give us the note ever that this can't possibly happen." After what was happening, I mean, it just it sort of just it completely upended reality in so many ways. I do know when the insurrection happened at the Capitol that. So many people were emailing me going, oh, my God, this is like straight out of the show. Yeah, we were wondering if you had a particularly acute sense of deja vu. It was weird. It was like, because especially because we I spent so much time at the beginning researching different ways to break into the Capitol. And literally, it turns out all you could do is walk in. I mean, that's just so insane about it. It was like, you know, we it was just the level of security that you think exists it seemed like just didn't on that on that day, on that horrible day. Um, but it was definitely, it was strange. It was definitely like, oh my God, I'm watching sort of, the, the re, we could like relaunch the show right now, unfortunately. They broke the glass in the United States Capitol. I'm not sure exactly what the police's plan is. That was some all-too-real audio from the January 6, 2021 Capitol insurrection in Washington, D.C. Our special guest today, David Guggenheim, created the TV series Designated Survivor five years earlier, premised on a broader, more lethal attack on our nation's capital. Starring Kiefer Sutherland as independent President Kirkman, Designated Survivor ran for three seasons, all of which are available on Netflix. We hope you'll check out some Designated Survivor episodes it explores the challenges of a more centrist president taking flack from both political parties and from partisan media as well. And you can compare Designated Survivor with the earlier show, Commander-in-Chief, starring Gina Davis as the first female and first independent president. This was created in 2005 by our featured guest in part one of the series, Rod Laurie. He's also the director of many feature films on leadership, including the widely praised 2020 production, The Outpost. But next time on The Purple Principle, we'll be speaking with one of the truly preeminent journalists in these not-so-United States, Thomas Edsall of The New York Times. He's written some of the most challenging, illuminating columns on political dynamics as a contributing op-ed writer at The Times for the past decade plus, and also served as a national correspondent for The Washington Post for 25 years. And sometimes Democrats go too far and push the envelope to a point that is not acceptable to the general public. 
And that's when the Republican Party can step in very effectively politically. So in that sense, woke Democrats who would push the Democratic Party quite far to the left are a real benefit to the Republican Party, giving them just what they need. Clear-sighted and candid in his views on backlash and our zero-sum politics. In this interview, Mr. Edsall also spotlights some of the most important scholars analyzing political and social polarization today. We hope you'll join us for this deep, informative dive and review us on Apple Podcasts. We want to thank George for his recent review, which said that we'd have a better country if everyone listened and encouraged us to keep it up. You can help us keep the Purple Principle going by recommending it to friends, colleagues, and relations. Please also check out our newsletter, The Purple Principle in Print, on our website, purpleprinciple.com. In each issue, we take a deep dive into the many forces pulling Americans apart and important groups and individuals working to reverse that trend. This has been Robert Pease and Emily Cressetti for the Purple Principle team. Allison Byrne, producer. Kevin A. Klein, senior audio engineer. Emily Holloway, digital strategy and outreach. Dom Scarlett, research associate. Original music composed and created by Ryan Adair Rooney. The Purple Principle is a Fluent Knowledge production.